listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cast through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello, Retail Razor Show listeners and viewers. Welcome to retail's favorite podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. And I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Welcome to part four and the final installment in our Shop Talk Live crossover event with Jeff Roster and This Week in Innovation podcast. Wow. Are we really at the last one? This has been so much fun. So many incredible conversations and takeaways. Does it really have to end? Well, yeah, it does. It does. But we have saved what I think is one of our best, if not the best episode of the season for the last one. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. You've, you've called every episode the best episode of the season <laughs> as being the one from nrf where you and jeff sat down with vicky cantrell and ron thurston at the end of the super saturday retail roi event you know that 10 minute chat that turned into 50 minutes well okay yeah i, I did say that i, I suppose I, I guess maybe i have said that may, maybe more than once but funny you should mention that episode because this episode our final shop talk crossover podcast is also a conversation Jeff and I had with Ron and Vicky. It's think of it as a repeat or a follow up, if you will, of that NRF discussion. And I have to say, it's this sort of conversation that you know makes me so excited to be part of this industry. I'm so thankful for relationships like these with Jeff, Ron, Vicky, and so many others, including you, Casey. It's just unlike any other industry I know. Oh, you're like a teddy bear. <laughs> Not true though. Nothing lights a fire like passion, and That's I know true. now why you've been testing this recording for the last three episodes but at the risk of being a downer here if i'm not mistaken you guys had some challenges making this happen yeah we did we did it turns out we only had one option to record this live and in person at shop talk and that was at the end of the day on i think it was the second to last day of the show and it was right when shop talk had scheduled a happy hour on the show floor Rethink Retail was kind enough to agree to let us use their booth space to record. So Jeff and I get there to set up our equipment, right? And guess what happens? The equipment broke. Okay, good guess, but no, not quite. Okay. Just as we were about to plug everything in, suddenly loud music starts blaring over the speakers all over the expo hall. You figure it's happy hour, right? So of course, Shop Talk decided we all needed some high energy music to go with our free drinks. Oh my God, you're kidding me. What would you guys end up doing? Well, we, we looked at each other and thought about what any experienced podcaster would do to, to compensate for that. And then instead, we immediately decided that it was hopeless and we just needed to cancel the whole thing and reschedule. Grab a beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, of course, you know, I, I did say this was the only time we could work it out during the show. So we ended up scheduling a recording session remotely for about a week after Shop Talk. So technically, this episode is not live and in-person recorded. But it is still recorded, so we're going to go with that. But it does have the added benefit that, you know, we've got full video for this episode on our YouTube channel. So you actually get to watch us have the discussion, not just listen to it. All right. All right. Well, that's a pretty good trade-off, I must say. And, you know, we just kind of upped the ante here. So sad you guys couldn't make it work in person. Hope there are some good drinks. But, I mean, come on. Of course... You'd expect good music to go with happy hour, right? I yeah. mean, you kind of expect like show closes, party's on, right? 
Yeah, I guess we should have thought of that. We should have thought of that, I suppose. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, we're, we're, had we been experienced podcasts or not the, you know, budding experts we all aspire to be here, we might have planned for that. <laughs> but I, I think this worked out in the end either way. Well, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight to the recording, not live and in person at Shop Talk. But still a Shop Talk recap with you, Jeff Roster, Vicki Cantrell, and Ron Thurston. Welcome, everybody. I'm Ricardo Belmar, host of the Retail Razor Show, and I'm here with a good friend Jeff Roster, host of This Week in Innovation. And you guessed it, this is the last episode in our Shop Talk related series. And I, if you're watching us on video, yes, you may have noticed we are not live at Shop Talk right now. <laughs> we we uh, much like one of the episodes if you caught our crossover at NRF where we had some issues and couldn't quite make it work out we sort of had a little bit of some coordination challenges this time so we're catching up with each other after the event but we're here to talk about our our thoughts on the shop talk events Jeff how are you doing today you know Ricardo I'm doing fantastic I had a good week sleep and a lot of time to to think about what we're going to talk about today so I'm actually kind of thinking this is really a cool vibe Maybe we should do this mm -hmm. on every show, like do the final wrap up show off premise, two, three off days yeah. down, down or, the road, yeah. a couple, you know, a couple yeah. of good nights sleep. So I, I'm excited to get into yeah, this conversation. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, let me go ahead and introduce our familiar guests that we have with us today. We've got Vicki Cantrell and Ron Thurston. Vicki, Ron, how are you two doing? Great. Very nice to be uh, on a Friday entering in and, and it did take a little, I like took a while to get over this trip like physically. <laughs> and so I'm all back. So happy to be here with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Thank you, Ricardo and Jeff. It's a, it's a pleasure. I, I felt trapped inside Mandalay Bay with no sun and nothing. And I was happy yeah. to yeah. come back to the West coast on the tour and be in San Diego because yeah. I needed some fresh air. <laughs> It, it kind of it's kind of funny. I, I noticed on the last day I was there, thinking, "Wait a minute! I have I seen the outside for the last few days since I've been here, or have I not even seen daylight?" I actually one one trip over because I stayed at the Luxor. One trip over, I specifically went outside and went all the way around because I thought, you know, I probably at some point should literally have fresh air. So I literally yeah, had to yeah. force my way outside. Right. Right. Ah, uh, Vegas. Right, exactly. Yep. Vegas. Got, got, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well. So, so let, let me start by, you know, before we jump into our, our conversation here, let, let's kind of start with summarizing four key themes that Shop Talk themselves, the Shop Talk content team put out there at the end of the show is what they felt were the four main themes of the show. And the first is what they termed as seamless stores, which I like to think of this as both a recognition that stores are a focal point of energy right now in, in retail and that it, it's maybe... A way to think of this is the the successor to omnichannel, and maybe we put that term to rest. Uh, so that's theme one. Uh, theme two is about enabling workers and store teams, uh, which is a theme I li like to see. And if I'm sure we'll get into this, but we we talked about that at our at our conversation at NRF and what we had hoped to hear then uh, about how we're better enabling store teams. So that was theme two. Theme three is shopper engagement, and this is sort of a, a catch all I think that covers. All of the interesting technologies that we're all hearing about and talking about now that's impacting the customer experience in, in any channel, whether it's in stores, digital, wherever it may be. And then the fourth one, which might actually be the most interesting, 
of the four, shop talk calls this changing relationships. And it, it's a reference to how, on the one hand, you have retailers becoming more and more like a technology provider in that they're now offering services to other retailers and other brands. And that could be uh, you know, one of my favorite topics that I like to remind Jeff about every chance I get, and that's retail media networks. Here uh, it, may be, yep, it may be things like a Gap offering their logistics network as a service to other retailers. And it, but it really, it, I think, you know, I, I find this an interesting one because maybe Shop Talk is onto something there thinking that uh, the business is changing because of how the relationships are changing from the way they have been in, you know, for, for decades now. So let's let's start from there. I um, you know, I love those four themes because they are kind of broken out into technology. And if you remember, we talked in January, Ron had such a good point in that freewheeling conversation that we had was <laughs> about how do we respect the stores given what they're going through and how do we get them to do less and understand what their challenges are and because the customer is back in the stores. And and when we think about that, uh, it felt there was a lot of content to address those things in while we were at Shop Talk. But I'd like to kind of flip that a little bit and talk about those four themes and what I felt while I was there, I felt like it was, I have no other way to describe it other than it felt like it was a relationship show. Uh, for me, the connections, everybody talked, about, no matter who you met on the floor, in a booth, at a party, wherever you were, it started with the human connection and it, no matter what, and it way more time was spent on the human aspects and the human connection before it actually turned into a potential business connection. So it felt very right. It felt very uh, relationship focused. And when you think about that, how it relates to those themes is so true. The relationship with the customer, the relationship and partnerships, it just felt very connected and human. And I love the way they're kind of mapping this out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. I, I agree with you, Vicky. I think it's also the space being like smaller than an NRF. I mean, I think Vicky, you and I saw each other like three times a day every yeah. day, and <laughs> you know, like walking by, it's a, the high five, it's a hug. Oh, have you met this person? Oh my God! Like, let's get a picture. Like, so I think that there's there's power in the scale of of the conference at the same time. As my first experience at Shop Talk, I would say retail is a relationship business. And, and because coming from the stores, that's how you build a business. It isn't just about product and a, and a beautiful space. It is very much about relationships with each other first, leading a team. It's relationships with customers. It's with your corporate business partners. It's with your vendors. It's with your mall or your landlords, like everything we do is about relationships. And those relationships have, you know, are so important to me. But when you, there was a sense of pride almost in our industry, as much as we all have questions and maybe some um, pressure to deliver, I, I felt a sense of pride about the general retail industry at, at, at a whole. And that, that felt really good to me. I left on such a high because of that. 
I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that was your first shop. It was my first. It I was. had no yeah. idea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How many shop talks have you been to, Vicky? And I've actually, I would say I'd missed what I haven't gone to the ones outside of Las Vegas, but I missed, I was at the first one and last year and this year. So I would say at least three, potentially four. Okay. It was my second shop tag. Last year was my first one. Jeff, this, was this your first no, one? No, this is my first one too. And what I think was interesting about the relationship angle, and I've, I've always you know preached that from the get-go. Listen, from a tech perspective, it's a relationship business. It's as big as Mayberry and there's you know Sheriff Andy and, <laughs> and you know, I mean, do not screw around in the industry. It's $5 trillion, but it is as is, is big as Mayberry. And it's it's really cool to hear that. I also wonder, and this is a 180 degree shift for me. I've never, ever, never, ever been a fan of having anything in Vegas. I just think it gets the shows tend to get lost. I think you have the the bleed off in the old days. It, it, quite frankly, used to be yeah. I thought fairly inappropriate because some of the you know the costumes and all that sort of stuff. But I tell you, it was genius to have it at Mandalay Bay. One, I felt like I was back yeah. on a college dorm. Sort of that whole that whole connection. Yeah, we joked about not being outside. Well, there was a reason I wasn't outside because everything was was convenient. And mm -hmm. like, for instance, Kathy's party Sunday night, you know, I looked at the space before I got in there. I thought, oh, man, that, it, it just feels like we're just part of the whole big thing. That couldn't have worked out better. One, it was quiet inside and appropriate for the conversation. But I watched probably 20 people walk by on the way to other things, yeah. you know, and so like pop out, pop back in, pop out in. I was at a party, uh, the, the uh, Corsite party, and actually they had uh, they had their space, but then there was another party that it was in another space, but the outside right. was, was was common. And I ended up at a, somebody else's party and had a great conversation <laughs> with people that I'd met at another party. And uh, man, you, you're not going to see that any at any. You, you that's the only place probably in the plant you can have all those different venues world-class food, world-class space, mm -hmm. but then have all that interaction. So yeah, I, I just, yeah. I, man, yeah. I, I have shifted 180 degrees about having something in Vegas. Yeah. And then we, we were talking earlier. So there was also, and I think this, I, I love this relationship theme because there was Sunday afternoon, right? There was the, the retail ROI get together for, yeah. for the March Gladness event and watching some of the March Madness games. And I think Jeff, maybe you were the one who said it, right? Just sitting there, you could just see people you recognize walking by because it was Absolutely. on the way to registration. <laughs> Yeah. For shop talk. People some, would walk some, by and say, hey, yeah, how you doing? Somebody's got to own that 2 p.m. space on Sunday because yeah. literally at, at that location. So for people that weren't there, I think where we were, the bar we were at was probably what, 100 yards at max from, from yeah. registration, which from meant registration, everyone right, right. was walking there. I mean, every startup on the planet should just be right there at that bar or, or, the, or the Starbucks on the other side because you're seeing the, the whole Starbucks. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, you know, great. I'm going to just want one more thing on this aspect of relationship. Ricardo, when we were talking earlier and we talked about that, you know, pre-pandemic was experiential. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what retailers were trying to, to deal right. with. And then pandemic became about convenience and figuring mm -hmm. out that. And that it's just based on some of these themes and some of the stuff we did see is how important we're back to the experience and the experience is going to be different. You know, we're talking about ways of shopping and video and all, all of the different ways. But the fact that we think about that for me, convenience and experience is the same because it's based on that your connection to between the customer and the retailer, it's about the relationship 
because the experience is the relationship. It's not whether you walk into the store and say, oh, isn't this beautiful? That's not what the experience is. I mean, it better be, okay, or it better be pleasant, but that's not the experience. The experience is the connection of the person that you're you're being with when you get there. So retail is really about that. And if you have that relationship, then you're going to think this was convenient because you connected. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, 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 you know, the other interesting thing I, I noticed too, just thinking again about these four themes. Uh, now, I, I wasn't at the earlier shop talks before last year, but what I do remember in, in talking with people who had been there and looking at the content coming out of the, the conference, you know, I think this really started out as a e-commerce focused, very much kind of re- really yeah. heavily digital yeah. channels focused yeah. to, to retail, much less emphasis, if any, on what's happening in, in stores. And you know, and Jeff and I talked to the content team while we were there, and and they mentioned that you know they had gotten feedback from attendees that said you know in this post-pandemic world we we really yeah. need to talk more about stores. Stores are a real focal point for our business and for our, how we build those relationships with consumers, uh, you know, that the content at the, at the event needs to reflect that. And I, I think this is one of the things I find most interesting with, with shop talk is how quickly they pivot from topic to topic Yeah. based on that feedback. You know, when we, when we sat, when we were chatting at NRF, one of the things we said is, well, we hope we hear uh, some themes around not just how you're enabling store teams, but when you <laughs> add things to the store, are you just adding or are you taking something away? You know, are you recognizing that every time you add, there's potentially a burden on, on the team there and a difficulty in, in them executing it because it's yet one more thing. It's one more thing to ask for. And I don't know that we heard that at NRF and sessions there very much, but I feel like at Shop Talk, there was definitely, and, it, and they said it right in one of the four themes about enabling workers, that was definitely yeah. a sense. I mean, I, I even felt that in, sessions that were not about the store teams it came up in the conversation <laughs> with the speakers on stage it's almost it was almost like a reflex that everyone just recognizing every retailer that was up there they could have been talking about optimizing their supply chain and somehow then the conversation led to an impact on the store team and how they had to be aware of that and do something about it not just let things happen uh, yeah. which was something i hadn't really experienced and seen in this kind of content at other events yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in because I started it, but I think the, uh, you know, the, my, my sense from speaking to so many retailers is there's, there's a sense of clarity right now about the, which, uh, where revenue is being generated and, and where their business needs to grow and where they need to make investment. And I think maybe years past a little bit of like shiny object and, What's fun and what's exciting? What keeps us in the press? And this is not a year of the shiny object. This is a year that we need to deliver on the investments that we've made. And that investment for all of them is in people and stores. And if their e-commerce business is, is not growing at the rates they expected, then the revenue and the profitability comes from the store. And so I do think maybe it's even, you know, 90 days later, from NRF, the retailers I'm speaking to is I'm here to find solutions for workforce management. I'm, I'm here to find things of a better way to, to communicate with my teams, to improve productivity, to think about how to make 
returns easier at the store level. Just all of the things that are actually about delivering results. And you can't deliver the results that any company needs without strong teams in place who are well-trained and led and motivated. And I, I just hope that this is not, or I should say my sense is not, this was not a, a um, temporary idea that they have now said 80% of our revenue is coming from the store and that's not changing. And we need to fix this. And I, I hope my sense is right, given the, you know, the small set of people I spoke to, but that's my, that's my feeling. Right now. You know, that's a that's quite a phrase, Ron. The not the year of the shiny object. I mean, if you don't put that out on Twitter today, I'm I'm hundred percent stealing that. Um, go for it. Go for it, it. And I think that's such a profound observation because I mean, I go back to the old wars, you know, the retail apocalypse wars and all that sort of stuff. For for whatever reason, folks trying to bury the store and 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 you know, music and I and I think well, I didn't know you at the time yet, Ron, but we were like, how help me understand 90% at the time was 90% of the revenues yeah. coming from the store. Why would you try yep. to do that? And I, I, I still don't know the answer to that, but I think, you know, maybe it's a post COVID thing, just a realization how important we are. We are a tribal people. We want to, you know, the best part of human nature is wanting to be in, you know, in fellowship and yeah. connection with people. Mm-hmm. And so if retail is a people business, it has to reflect that. And, and our technology needs to reflect that. And maybe we're a little more mature than we were in 2020 and, and realize the value of people. Yay. You know, I'm yeah. pro-human. And so that's a, that's a great observation. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a real, real, real thing. And I think what's interesting, Ron, when I walked the, 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 the exhibit hall, which is where I spent all my time, the number of live streamers, the number of, of folks wanting to do something more in the store, which kind of goes against your idea of like, let's not add to the store, but it's happening. I mean, TikTok was yeah. there in a big way. Fire, uh, I, 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 I forget the names, but a bunch Firework. of those. Yeah. Fire, Fire, oh, Firework. Yeah. Firework. Yeah. They're yeah. all, there's this, this idea that the store is the platform that we can do more with. And, mm-hmm. and I think if we can unleash that creativity that all these, you know, all these folks have and give mm-hmm. them the tools, which they're already there. Wow. Holy smokes. Yeah. We're going to have a whole new engagement model. W- one interesting yeah thing I heard, and I heard this more than once uh, from different speakers and sessions on, on this point, you know, t- take the live stream movie was one example, but I, I, I heard people say in a positive way, this recognition that if we have more functions and roles needed in the store, there's this recognition that, you know, not every store team employee has to know yeah. how to do every single role, yeah. you know, that there is this idea of specialization. So, so maybe to your point, Jeff, if live streaming is something that a particular retailer's stores need to support, that doesn't mean every employee needs to be able to jump on a live stream. Yeah. It means that Correct. maybe the, you know, three out of 10 or something that are good at it and want to do it, that's now their role, right? They, they get, they're given yeah. that role and they put some focus on that. Maybe there are three other employees who's, who would rather be fulfilling focus orders, right? In, in the back room and because they can do that faster than the other employees. And it's okay to have this specialization and this recognition that whether it's a store manager level or a district manager, somebody has this awareness and that we're gearing the operation of the store around this idea that we can specialize in different areas and start building career paths for, for, yeah. for employees. That, that's yeah. something new that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, I, what happens in that, or go ahead, Vicki. No, go no, ahead. go, go I, ahead. I, you know, I think that, that, I think what 
to add on to that, the realization that some of that evolution also doesn't have to happen in the store. So if you think about live stream, several brands mm-hmm. have said, oh, great, we're going to build a showroom in the office mm-hmm. and we're going to live stream from the office with by someone who's highly skilled at selling live on camera, mm-hmm. which is a very unique and important yeah. skill. But at the same time, I'm going to live stream from the office Then I need to have live inventory so that when I click into what I'm selling, oh, I see mm-hmm. it's available at my store. I can also buy online, pick up in store. I can reserve. So that the rest of the, the rest of the chain has to, has to work in order for it. You can't just throw off live stream and think someone's going to join your website on Tuesday at 12 o'clock and buy something. You actually have to build the infrastructure yeah. behind that, which requires a lot more than signing up for firework. And yeah. so I yeah. think that there, right. there's a, there's a thought process that's deeper now, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to just be like, the, let's add one more thing to the store. And that it, I, I'm excited about that. It feels like we're at an inflection point of the, and you know, we all sense it. We've all sensed it for years. And it, and it took a real shot in the arm when, when we were in the pandemic and online, like really spiked. Because as we all know, people have been ignoring that stat of 80% of the sales come from the stores for years as <laughs> online has grown a little bit. They just, they still don't look at it. Okay. And now we, we have this feeling we can feel the sea change of not now it's not stores over, over online. It's not that it feels like a melt finally feels like the, the coming together, not the either or. And so with that in mind, I'd like to know from you guys how you see, I know it's an arbitrary thing, but what time moves so fast? What does the, with this in mind, what do the next three years look like in retail? What's going to be important? What will happen as we continue to meld better, smarter, in, in better ways? Like the meld really is happening. What's going to look like? Well, I'll, I'll jump in. I, I, I think you're, you're right that we are. This meld is finally happening in the way that maybe we all started talking about. Yeah. I'll pick a number five years ago, right? That, 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 that now there's sort of a recognition that not only is it happening, but it actually needs to happen for supporting the business. It needs to happen because I, I go back to one of the things we said in that same time frame was, you know what? Now the consumer is in charge, right? The consumer now has all the power. Remember when that was the new phrase yeah. a few mm-hmm. years back? So, so what, what has that it. led to now, right? Yeah. <laughs> people like, like to repeat it, but maybe didn't believe it. But I think now there's recognition that not only does the consumer still have the power, guess what? They've had it all these past years and you just didn't realize it. So now that you're recognizing it, it's time to do something for that. And and the, the something that you need to do is this melding, because I think all four of us have said it, right? Consumers don't care about channels. You know, there was a lot of, of jokes made, I think, during Shop Talk about when they said on stage it was time to kill Omnichannel and, and use a different phrase. But I, I think the, the jokes aside, maybe the reason why we don't need to use that as a term is because if we're truly going to look at things from the consumer's perspective, there's no such thing as a channel. Right. Right. The whole I- idea of looking at it, measuring, developing, operating in terms of these channels is absolutely meaningless to the consumer. And what is meaningful to the consumer is, do you have a product I'm looking for? Where can I go get it? How can I get it? How can I learn about it? 
to make sure I'm, I'm making the right choice? And can you help me do all of the above? Yeah. And sometimes that's on, could be on a live stream, you know, could be in a store, might just be the website. Um, you know, now, now we're because of the new developments in AI, right? We're actually have meaningful demos about chatbots being helpful on like previous generations that maybe weren't so helpful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's all these different ways to, to do that now. And it doesn't matter. I, I think maybe I, I might rephrase it to say, it's not that we need to stop thinking about channels. It's that let's recognize the channels don't matter. What matters is how are you making those things I just listed available to that customer? Um, you know, I, I like using Jeff, your example, we mentioned about BH photo and yeah, we talked last thinking, time at NRF. Just thinking right? of them, just thinking yeah, of it. Because it's like the per it's the perfect example, right? You needed to know about a product. And and, and maybe yeah. it wasn't even a product. I guess I shouldn't say a product. You needed to know about a category, right? To help you decide on a product. And you leverage that live stream. It was a one-to-one, but I'd still call it a live stream for that learning experience. Did it matter to you as a consumer that it was a live stream versus you having been in New York City and walked into the BH store? No, right? Didn't that didn't matter. You got the answer you wanted. You knew what you wanted to buy in the end. Uh, and that's that was the win. So I think that's what, what I see is finally happening. And we'll see more of it is the blending is real. And I think the technologies have caught up too. I think maybe one of the reasons, if, if we're honest, right, it's that yeah, there were yeah. a lot of technology promises in those past years that were 80% there, maybe not 100% there. Yeah. And retailers, you know, in fairness, right, couldn't figure out how do I get that extra 20% to make it right. I think the technology is catching up to that in many ways to make it more, more doable and easier to do. And, and the consumer adoption is there. You know, one of the things I, I joked about with some folks at, at ShopTech is last year's big hype was all metaverse, right? And when you look back and say, well, why didn't that necessarily pick up? And I'm not going to say that it's gone, but I am going to say that it, it, the promises that were talked about and hyped up at Shop Talk last year didn't materialize because what's the thing that was missing? It was the consumer adoption of it. Yeah, uh, The retailers mm -hmm. could do any, everything they wanted on that, but consumers didn't really have a reason to adopt it. Whereas I, I think now the technologies retailers are looking at don't have that consumer adoption element because it's transparent to the consumer. And I think that's where the focus will go. So if a retailer thinks, A, I'm not going to worry about channels. I just need to present things in front of a customer in some way. What are all the different ways I can do that? What technologies help me accomplish that? And which ones don't really require the consumer to learn how to use it because they're already using it. It's either, you know, consumers know how to watch a video. You're gonna have to teach them how to join a live stream. That, that's easy. You have to teach them how to go to a website. You have to teach them how to go into a store and do things. That's why Metaverse hadn't yeah. picked up yet because consumers have to learn how to do it. And, you know, back to Ron, your comment, it's not the year for shiny objects. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the technology, right. I think now, and I, I'll say for now, and let's make it the next three years, the technology is going to help with that seamless nature, which I guess I'm back to one of the four shop talk themes, right? Seamless stores, um, but maybe expanding it to just seamless experience. That, that's where it's yeah. finally going to go. And we won't have to, we're not going to need to distinguish, oh, is that an experiential retail uh, scenario for the consumer right. or is it about convenience? It's just there. It's just commerce. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I Ricardo. I Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead, Sorry. Jeff. No, go ahead. So, Ricardo, I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but sometimes vendors make a lot of buzz or noise or, or to go back Shocking. to my old days, hype. The whole Shocking. metaverse thing is so illustrative because, one, I, I'm a fan because I've trained in simulators as an aviator for, for 25 years, but that is a massively heavy lift. And to go and scream about something that is a massively heavy lift, we're, we're absolutely going to see that evolve. And it's going to yeah. take kind of like RFID, probably five to 10 years. And so, 
you know, what we need to understand, and this is where we as communicators really need to probably should have been in front of that a lot more. It's like, let's encourage innovation, but understand what it takes to innovate. You can't, I mean, you can't spend $10 trillion overnight. You have to do that in increments and you have to encourage the innovation and not make fun of it when it, you know, something like, like metaverse doesn't blow up overnight. There's a lot of processes and the process for innovation has become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And that's, that's what's also helping. I mean, low code. I mean, it's, you know, my podcast partner, Brian can't say the word low code enough in every sentence. It's low code because <laughs> he's a low code guy, but, but he's, he's sold me on that. I mean, when I started at Gardner, I, I mean, terabyte of storage was a million dollars. I've got 15 terabytes on my desk. I've got three terabytes in my laptop. Yeah. That's a picture in yeah. 20 years of the massively almost deflationary cycle or cost of, of innovation. And that's what we have now. Now we have these tools. Now we have all this stuff. You think about what, you think about what, what a customer service channel is going to look like in a year. We're going to be live streaming we're going to have chat GBT. I mean, it is orders of magnitude different than what we, what we, what we were, you know, just a simple phone call even five or six years ago. That's how fast we're innovating. And the key though, that's how cheaply we're able to innovate and to do things. And now the key point, and, and Ricardo, you're so spot on, you have a customer that now has, has more power in their hands. We, that's an old story, but they know how to use it. They know how to embrace it. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people need to understand, that's, one thing, Ron, I'm a little concerned about when I hear brands want to maybe over, over, I don't know, try to manage that live stream a little too much. Look at TikTok. Those are not professional videos. Those are getting millions of views. Those are kids yeah. with a phone in yeah. front of them. And so that, that expectation for something over managed, I think is going to, is going to be a negative more, more so than a positive. And so that's that part mm -hmm. of that innovation where the customer is way ahead of where we are as brands, as retailers, and we're just sort of racing to try to figure out, okay, how, how much professionalism do we put in? How much do we let people run loose? So exciting. Yeah. The next three years are just going to be insane. Um, just yeah. what fantastic. you just said has one specific word that is the same and has been the same for the last 10 years, will be the same for the next 10 years. The key is that the consumer knows how to adopt it, adoption. Yeah. We all know that things that can't be or it's difficult to adopt never work whether it's metaverse or whatever or tools things that are easy to adopt will always work and the consumer now has a very different set yeah. of a very different playing field for their adoption that is not in our control and but it benefits us tremendously agree i agree with you jeff it's it's that balance of like what can i do like Test, learn, try, get out of it quickly, or, you know, actually this is an important part of, of the customer journey. I think that what I would add to your question, Vicky, about the next three to five years is about loyalty. But I look at it in mm -hmm. like really two, two very different ways. I look it's at it different. from a, a, yeah. a store. I look at it from a store team. If we're going to talk about stores, we have to talk about team loyalty and people yeah. loyalty. And so the biggest pushback from investment in people that I hear from senior executives is the turnover is too high for me to spend money on these people. Yeah, and totally. my pushback is the reason that they're turning is because you're not investing. Exactly. And it, exactly. if we don't, if we don't put more effort into loyalty at the front lines, it's going, yeah. we're going to keep repeating the same mm -hmm. mistakes and we're, we're never going to deliver the results that we need. 
if you can't retain the team. So I think there's a huge loyalty front line. Super and then there's point. loyalty to customer. Mm-hmm. So much about first customer data, you know, how do we get new customers? How do we retain that customer? How much does it cost to get that customer? And it, while I think the conversation about having like a full picture of the customer when they walk into a store is a good conversation, I don't see it live in action. If I'm a, you know, a, a very like loyal e-com for one brand, I walk into a location that they have no idea who I am. Yeah. And so I think we, we have to figure out ways to retain loyal customers. That's ch- a, a channel-less loyal customer. Yeah. Uh, because of putting a lot of effort in there, now finding ways. I mean, that's, I was between NRF and, and Shop Talk, I was at Etail, which you know, that was very much about marketing and customer and first first party data and that we we have to think about that as a major priority for the next three years too and from great point from both sides yeah Yeah. great point yeah and and loyalty is not about points anymore that's 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 going to be like the word innovation really needs to mean something different so does the word loyalty it's not about earned points it's a very different proposition i think ron you explained it you explained it well yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it's it's you know luxury luxury brands are going through this. Contemporary brands are going through this. You know, people are then yeah. Walmart's writing about luxury customers shop buying groceries at Walmart. Now, how do how do I retain that customer yeah. in a Walmart? Mm-hmm. But I'm also then yeah. buying a handbag at Gucci. Like this, mm-hmm. there's there's no yeah. one right way to say how a customer is behaving today. Yet, yeah. yeah loyalty to the to the brands where people have gravitated is how we will sustain great results yeah yeah i i think you know hearing you say that i i thought of two other examples like the sephora to kohl's how does kohl's mm-hmm. convert that sephora customer to shop in the kohl's much like you know the amazon returns in the kohl's so giving them a coupon to buy something in the store over the next few days i think that's the same as your example vicky it's not just about points yeah. Uh, points and discounts don't buy loyalty for a brand, but then compare that to the kind of loyalty a brand like Apple has with their customers. Which I, if there's going to be, if you were to pick two or three top brands, it probably reflect the highest loyalty. I think that has to be one of the top three right there. You know, and sure, you can point to you know the decision to open stores as having been a great piece of that, but it's not really just about Apple stores. It's just everything about them that drives the loyalty and. There's an example of a brand that doesn't give points and doesn't give discounts. <laughs> has a lot of super loyal customers as, you know, sure. when we got on here and we all showed off our, our AirPods Max uh, headphones here. <laughs> so there's, there's a brand yeah. loyalty example that's real. But yeah, they have, because but they of also the relationship have, experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so. they also have frontline team loyalty. This yeah, is a, that's, right. that's a brand that invests yeah. heavily in stores. Yeah. And training and development and, and strategy and upskilling them and investing and stretch assignments and going to Cupertino for a year, going to Hong Kong for a year. Like yeah. they will do anything to make sure that their teams are happy. Having worked there myself, yeah. you know, I can speak to it. Like it, yeah. they're the loyalty, uh, generally from Apple employees in stores is really high. And you feel that they're proud to work there and they're, could not be more excited to sell you $600 headphones. And you know, we, <laughs> yeah, we all, exactly. we all yeah. do, we all do it. And I, I, it's a really good example, Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nah. Well, Vicky, you started us on the, that changing relationships theme uh, as maybe the core theme of the four that Shop Tuck mentioned. I think Ron, with the raising the point about loyalty, you brought us right back full circle again to the changing relationships and how that. If we were to pick one theme of of the four of the Shop Talks that I think we're we're sort of maybe indirectly agreeing here that the number one theme was these changing relationships and which includes both how you build that brand customer relationship, but also the brand employee relationship. And I think we can add in, you know, brand to brand relationship. It really is all about how those relationships are changing and how they remain together for the success of the business. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So I think maybe that's a good note for us to close on. Sounds great. Yeah, but this is always pleasure. so much fun. It's a yeah. great, always a great conversation I, with I think you Jeff, guys. Your idea yeah. is onto something here that we do these after an event a few days or so after the event, so we've all had time to kind of think about it and, and think digest about it. it. Yeah. I, yeah, I do think I do think vendors are going to have a tough decision now. I mean, they're going to have to consider Shop Talk a a, a really legitimate show, and mm-hmm. especially if they push into the store aspect of it, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how 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 you allocate your marketing dollars. But I was impressed. I was very impressed with the show. Me too. Very impressed. Me too. Is anyone going to Barcelona? No. 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 Great great city, but too darn close. If only so. (laughs) I would say the same. (laughs) No no recap of of Shot Talk in in Barcelona. In Barcelona. Yep. Yep. Well, maybe we'll cover on, on, maybe we'll cover it from afar. We'll just we'll yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. we'll put right. the exactly, hashtag yeah, we'll, and then give our right. notes. Right. <laughs> we'll we'll look for great photos from people who are fortunate enough to great. be there. Exactly. Right. Well, I, I guess maybe on that sort of disappointing note <laughs> for the conversation, Sorry. we'll we'll wrap it up there. What do you say, Jeff? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds All good. right. Well, Ron, Vicky. As always, a pleasure. Thanks again. We're going to have to keep keep doing these because this is just too much fun not to. Yeah, it's great. I love seeing you guys. Happy Friday. Happy weekend. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. Same same to you. Same to you. you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Bye. 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 Welcome back, everyone. And wow, I loved that conversation. I'm so with you guys on focusing on people. Retail is totally a people business. I might not have been at Shop Talk, but I have to agree with the whole point about changing relationships and focusing on people loyalty, both with store teams and customers, is really where every retailer and brand needs to go. Yeah, it's interesting how different this discussion went compared to the conversation Jeff and I had with Christina Gustafson and Ben Miller in part one of the series. In that discussion, we really dug into all the main trends at the show and and both Christina and Ben really gave us some amazing details and viewpoints on how those four trends were manifesting in the industry and how people talked about it at the show. And they were totally right about those trends. And of course, I I have to put a plug in here for retail media networks. And that's for you, Jeff, if you're out there listening, you know, I couldn't resist to bring that up just just so you're aware. But when Ron and Vicky both brought us to that intersection of technology and people, it nicely outlined how it really does come down to people, no matter what you do with the technology and retailing. I have to say that's what made this one of my favorite conversations on the podcast yet. Well, I mean, I really appreciate you guys for, you know, always bringing it back to center, amplifying the importance of relationships. It's really been with a heavy heart over this pandemic 
just kind of seeing clientele turn into email marketing and diluting the magic of these relationships and that sales process or beyond the sales process, like the brand experience, you know, coming from the luxury side, it's so much more than a sales associate and shopping alone just hasn't hit the same note. So I'm just really excited to see so much focus go into the people, the relationships, the technology that needs to be made for people to like scale their work, workspaces, digitization, not just replacement and an AI. Like, yeah, AI. Bart and I are not getting into conversations about shoes, pants, jackets, dress, (laughs) nada. That's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, I, I I really think Vicky nailed it in her comment when she said, you know, the relationship is the experience at the end of the day. That's what it's all about. And, you know, as often, I mean, let, let's face it, we talk about technology on this show all the time, but we, we can't lose sight of why are we talking about technology? It's to help augment that people relationship, not replace it. And, and that I think is really what we're, this conversation really got to. And, and I'm really excited that that's where it ended up. Me too. I'm slightly biased, but thanks. <laughs> I, I, I really like how you guys brought this together with that Vicky called the melding of online and stores. Of course, I'm a store girl, right? But I like built some of the first e-commerce stores. And I just love talking about like store teams, how interacting with a stylist or a personal shopper makes a completely different and unique experience from discovering products to just the buying process. Vicky just nailed it by saying that the experience is the relationship and what that melding digital and physical is all about when retails retailers do it right. Services mm-hmm. are significant. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think Jeff added a great point there too about how the technology has to enable this, not compete with it, not make it more complicated. You know, it's that it, it's that whole adoption point that we all talked about yeah. and why I think we all agree that, you know, the, the current tech trends, like all, everything about generative AI right now and anything else that took over the conversation at this year's Shop Talk really have an advantage over the metaverse trend from last year's show because it comes down to consumer adoption. If consumers can benefit from a technology without adopting anything new or any, whether it's a new habit or the technology on, on the consumer side of it, then that's a winner for retailers. If consumers have to adopt something, it's going to take a lot longer for, for them to complete that adoption and to make an impact on, on the retailer's business. It doesn't mean it won't happen. I think to Jeff's point about metaverse, I think we'd all agree it's going to happen. It will happen. It's just not happening right away. It might not happen in less than a year's time. It's more of a long-term play. But some of these other technologies that were trending this year, they have an immediate impact. 100%. I mean, so much, so many of times technology ends up taking the work out of business or the process Mm -hmm. and puts all of the work on the consumer. Mm -hmm. They have to do the heavy lifting. And I think Metaverse is definitely suffered from that, you know, perspective that you just spoke of. But then again, like Web3 has a better chance of making a difference because it's easier to lift on the consumer side than the Metaverse. The adoption will come from loyalty programs as an example exclusive and unlockable content. Mm-hmm. Look at Starbucks' new Odyssey program and what you and Jeff talked about with Max from Zblocks back at NRF. 
Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. I mean, although I have to admit, I, I, I've totally failed in my efforts to unlock the first NFTs in the Starbucks program. I didn't get enough points to get the early drop. All right. Well, I, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little one-on-one. Offline. <laughs> yeah, I may need your help on that. <laughs> we'll be offline in the blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I guess, you know, that maybe with your help, I can do better next time. But, you know, I, I guess on that totally disappointing note, I think this is it only means one thing for this episode, right, Casey? Indeed. It's that time to to wrap up. And I have to say, I agree. It's the best one ever. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up this Shop Talk crossover series with Jeff Roster and this week in innovation. It's been good. It has. If you enjoyed this season's shows, especially our just completed podcast crossover miniseries, Please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Remember to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a minute. Plus, remember, you can watch us, not just listen, on our YouTube channel and like and comment there too. Share your thoughts. If you want to know more about what we talked about today, including a full transcript of this episode, take a look at the show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your co-host, Casey Bolden. If you'd like to connect with us and share your thoughts on this season and the crossover series, follow us on Twitter at KCC Golden and Ricardo underscore Belmar or find us on LinkedIn. Be sure and follow the show on Twitter and LinkedIn too at Retail Razor for the latest updates. And watch for our season finale episode coming soon with a truly special guest host that's going to turn things around and ask us questions for a change. But for now, I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is The Retail Razor Show.